0: You're listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, Colorado Springs. This is Jenny and I am back with another episode and we have Leah as co-host today. Leah, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you, Jenny?
0: I'm doing well. And so our guest today is Michael. And you guys might remember him from maybe a year or so ago that we had him on. And he um, had just completed his first house hack and was doing really well with that. And he has uh, extremely catapulted his investment portfolio since last speaking with him. So we wanted to have him back and just kind of talk about a bunch of different topics. So Michael, thanks for coming on.
2: Oh, it's always a pleasure. Love uh, chatting with the team, you know, it's
0: good times. (laughs) Yeah. So, so tell us when you, when we last left off, left off, you were, you just completed your house hack. You had everything up and running. Everything was going well on that, but you were about a week away from closing on your first fourplex. So maybe let's start, start from there and kind of, we'll, we'll talk about where you're at right now.
2: Okay. So uh it's been an interesting progression actually it worked out really well uh i started with the house hack which is like fundamental first move i think for anybody yeah, yeah. In, unless you have a certain situation maybe you're like married or something and that's not going to work in which it's like a duplex move something like that I, you know um, it's been really good the house hack so far there hasn't really been any any problems you know the biggest problem is the kitchen there's a sink it's a shared sink Luckily, I don't ever use it. I specifically just live downstairs. I set that up. So I'm never at fault for anything up there. You know, So <laughs> it's like, hey, whatever. <laughs> Figure it out, people. Um, after that, yeah, I was closing on Bonita Village, which was a fourplex townhome style. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's decks out there. Everyone has a little backyard as well. It's um, two bedroom, one and a half bath. Very large square footage. I think each unit is, is uh, I want to say it's like over a thousand in each unit, um, but it's bigger than your normal one. And it's kind of nice like that. So that one uh, at that time, oh, what did I pay for that? Um, yeah, it's kind of been a little while. I remember uh, I had paid a certain price and then it, it got appraised because uh, I, I paid cash for it. It was empty, which was one of the reasons. That I paid cash for it because coming to Colorado Springs, I didn't actually know how, how hard or long it was going to take to rent a fully empty uh, fourplex. It mm-hmm. took about two weeks. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. I thought that was nice. Uh, like Finalizing on, on one of the units took a little bit longer because it was Section 8. So that was my first Section 8 in Colorado Springs. Like, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it got appraised at 875 pulled the money out so it got up a little bit um, that ended up being six it was six like 0.325 percent and bonita is actually a, a lower cap rate place because i wanted first place i wanted was something that was really low risk mm-hmm. right if i'm going to be buying places i'm really just looking to park the cash somewhere that going to be hold the value with the inflation like just inflation adjusted returns have it all good um it was a good one to
0: start with, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of like back up on that a little bit. Like you said, it's you know lower cap rate, it, it assumed lower risk, just because the the property itself is a really quality place. It's it's uh, located in a you know very central location. Um, like you said, townhome style. Everyone has their own balcony. Everyone has their own yard. Like that is highly highly desirable to tenants. So I think that you know it's just kind of one of those steady type of properties. Um, and then also your strategy for acquiring it was unique in that, like you said, you paid cash for it. And then you did what's called a delayed finance. So you you paid cash to acquire the property and then, then basically placed a note on the property. Was it within a month after closing or there's a timeline? So check with your lender on that. But um, it's not considered a cash- out refinance if you do it within that certain period of time. So that is a strategy for people that have, you know, the cash on hand to be able to act quickly. And during that time, it was still a really fast-moving market. Um, so that that gave you an advantage for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. That so, one, uh, That one you paid 875 for.
2: Uh, it, I remember it getting appraised uh, a bit higher. So then there was mm-hmm. a bit of a gain, pulling it out, cash, uh, which makes the debt service, you know, it's like fairly high debt service for that I think I've structured it. So I'm just about like a break even, uh, you know, it's like somewhere around there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that allowed me to purchase another property, the following property, fully paid off. So then all my cash flow comes from that place that actually has a higher cap rate. Um, And that was Western. Uh, That was an interesting one. I I think, uh, yeah, you could probably speak to that about how that was a, uh, you know, sold by owner type of situation. And she happened to be (laughs) a lawyer.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Leah, why don't you tell us a little (laughs) bit, you know, it was off market, um, in network, uh, type yep. of situation. So yeah, why don't you, uh, uh, tell everyone about that whole story?
1: <laughs> yeah. Basically I nego- negotiated with this for sale by owner attorney for an, like all of last summer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we got it done. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. She initially came to our group cause she wanted us to list it. Um, but we couldn't come up with like, we could not come to an agreement on the listing doc. She just, you know, wanted to omit a bunch of clauses. And of course, we're not comfortable with that. So we were like, we're, you know, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, not the right then,
0: fit for you. In this not case. the right yeah. fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: then um, I told her, you know, I'll still try to bring a buyer, even though I knew that was going to be rough negotiations as well. <laughs> um, but it was such a good property. And it was like perfect for Michael because it was right down the street from his house hack. Mm-hmm. but like 10 minutes
2: like it's, probably uh, less uh well man, i haul on those motorcycles so <laughs> i just it's real fast like yeah I, I can go uh to there and then to bonita um i want to say in 12 minutes yeah. i can pass by the first place do it just like a you know i blow by and then mm-hmm. bam i hit the next place do a circle around there and now with the final place then i just go on uh powers and then That one takes a little bit extra, but it's like at the very end, it's still in my like 15 minute radius rule for self-management and um, it's solid. Yeah. I'm I'm actually very happy with that. Yeah.
1: So we brought, you know, I, we presented the offer to her so many times. I mean, we had to like redo this thing. Um, It went on and on. Right. Michael, we finally got to the point where we were like, I mean, we were just going back and forth, back and forth. Finally, we were like, these are your three options. We were Mm -hmm. like one, two, and three. And she just was like, okay, we can do three or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all we had to do is give you an ultimatum or we're going to walk away.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up because that that is actually a pretty powerful strategy when you're kind of at a stalemate, mm-hmm. you know, you're almost right there between buyer and seller, like almost there. Like just give the seller some options and sometimes it makes them, you know, feel like they have more control of the situation and they're kind of more willing to, to play ball with you at that point. So, mm-hmm. and that's but, all it was, was yeah. like a
1: control thing for the seller. Mm-hmm. Like we just, it was really silly. Um <laughs> I don't even, we won't even get into all of it, but it was, oh,
2: okay. <laughs> it was
1: really, silly. <laughs> I was like,
2: remembering. yeah,
1: Yeah, she didn't want him to, she didn't want to have inspectors in there or something like that. It was something with inspection. Like she wasn't comfortable with them being, the in liability. There. they broke something. Yeah. The liability. Yeah. Um, so we even had like our inspector reach out to her and like provided his insurance and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it like, we really had to reach, you know, going in and then she ended up paying for the inspection and being there. And then didn't we credit her for, or we added it onto the purchase price or something.
2: Yeah. We, yeah. Like, she, she, was she, was, silly. she wanted me to soak up all that liability. And I was like, look, look, just do it yourself or I'm not doing the deal. Like yeah. she so figured out, uh, you know, because in the hypothetical situation that like an inspector has a ladder, falls on some old woman, I'm, I'm ruined for the rest of my life. You know, I guess an umbrella insurance policy does that cover that in that situation i don't know it's kind of we up. were just
1: yeah afraid. i have no idea <laughs> uh, me yeah. and Michael, we were just sitting there like we're dealing with like and she's like a real estate attorney so we were like we're yeah. dealing with a real estate attorney like we will have nothing to our name if something goes wrong <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah yeah i was so like, we no, like no no <laughs> tread, yeah.
1: tread carefully here
0: the property is um, good but it's not that good right
1: <laughs> yeah i know like we wanted yeah. it but we didn't want it that bad yeah. right? So, um, but once we finally came to an agreement and went under contract, like she actually was pretty easy to work with. Like we got everything on inspection that we asked for pretty much. Like she was, um, there was a tenant that had trashed one of the units, um, tenant had only been there for like a month, trashed the unit when we went in for inspection. I don't know if the girl wasn't expecting us to come in or what or didn't know maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, but her place was trash. And so we were like, yeah, we need, you know, we need that situation to, to be taken care of. She really took care of everything. So once we're under, it was smooth sailing. So that was good.
0: So what have you done with the property since then? Um, my understanding is that everyone, well, I guess a couple of the tenants stayed, one of them moved because of military, I, I believe. And then, um, the, uh, the person that trashed the, uh, the unit that was delivered vacant um, to you. What have you done to the property since um, since closing on it?
2: Right, so uh, there was two move-ins, like you're saying. It was interesting because I had two tenants in one lease uh, at Bonita. It was like Space Force guys. They had a disagreement. I ended up moving one of the guys over into the other unit and he, he, like, we already had a rapport. So I was actually able to get, um, really strong rent for that. Cause oh, he didn't great. really want to rent. Yeah. He was just like, like move me into another place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was great. And I was working on the remodel because, uh, back when I was younger, I did building maintenance and remodels. And so like, I'm over there after my day job as a senior software engineer, what I do is like, bam, I shoot over and then I'm working until like late at night and then I'm coming back and I'm just doing that. So I'm very uh, much like a do-it-yourself or bootstrapper in (laughs) in the beginning until I have like, until I'm like from self-employed, like actual big business type of like, you know, quadrants uh, shift. Um, So remodeled it, uh, brought the gross rent in each remodeled unit up 48%. So got them up to 1,200. It was significantly less than that. Yeah. Um, If there wasn't a remodel, I think I'd be around a thousand, um, so like numerically it makes sense to me. Uh, I did the bottom unit. He moved in before I even finished. Like that's how it was. So such good timing. Like that's yeah. how good it was. Yeah. yeah, and
0: I think that speaks to you as a as a landlord that clearly your tenants like working with you in that aspect to the to the fact that you know he came to you with this issue. And, um, that's also a benefit of having many properties or many units is that you can, you know, help people in that situation. So I I think that was win-win for, for both you guys.
2: Totally. Um, yeah, totally. It's been good managing. I I really enjoy it. Everyone's like, oh, I hate property management. (laughs) I, I, I actually, I'm fine with it. Like if, if the comp was the same as being an engineer, like I would just be, all right, like, I guess I'm going to be a manager for a while and just <laughs> do that. And then I would just go full scale and just run the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like having the rapport with people. It's like, you show up, you own the place, you know, the person, you have the chat, you like, there's, it's different, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I know this person to a certain degree and, yeah. uh, and they know me as well. And they're like, you know, there's, it's good. There's a certain level of trust and respect that just happens when that when you do it like
0: that. Oh, absolutely. And when you're attentive to the tenants and you know, if they come to you with an issue, a maintenance request and you actually get it taken care of, oh, yeah. you know, that rent check comes on the first every every month because they respect you back. So it's yeah, it's it's just a really good, you know, to and from relationship style, I think. Um, in that case. So Tell us a little bit about the financing on this one. You said that you bought it in cash. Do you still have have it paid off or are you going to put place debt on it or what's the plan for that?
2: Yeah, so um, I kind of thought this was going to be the last fourplex that I was going to have <laughs> while rates, you know, while we're in the reduction of inflation. But surprisingly, it wasn't. Um, that being said, yeah, the money is just sequestered. It's just trapped in there. And I hate having trapped money, but I think you're okay. We're in a recession or like, you know, we're effectively, you know, they say, oh, we're not, but I think we are. Type of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Right. Yeah. We're, we, yeah. we are where we are at this point.
2: <laughs> right. Um, so it's really like a defensive move. Um, mm-hmm. I could lose my day job tomorrow and I'm, I'm good. Like, yep. and the the weight that lifts off someone's shoulder like that is uh is pretty substantial. I, I actually don't go full leverage ever mm-hmm. just so that I always have that freedom um, to be able to be authentic. If, if you don't have a choice, you can't actually be, make authentic choices yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're like, you know, they got you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I'm just keeping it in there for now until rates get down to I want it below six before yeah. I really pull
0: it out. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think that's fantastic. And um, I think what's interesting about your particular story is that you are still in acquisition mode and you have oh, yeah. the paid off property. So like, I, I like the fact that you are kind of nearing both strategies, just in a very methodical way of looking at it. Cause um, you know, I've had people come to me and say, you know, why are you paying off your, some of your properties, but you're also acquiring more properties. And I'm like, well, it makes sense in my head, like from a defense mechanism standpoint, but um, maybe, you know, not so much for, you know, just general strategy. So I I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, kind of playing both sides a little bit, especially right now is, is a, you know, a good idea. So, Mm -hmm. I agree. so it
2: helps as well because that's a value add property because I can remodel every single unit. So mm -hmm. when it's paid off and, and I'm in there for however long, like psychologically, I'm not like ah, I really, I need to just hustle as hard as possible. I'm not going to be putting in like you know some 70, 80 hour a week uh, type of thing if I don't have to. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's not like I'm dying about it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, strategically that was fantastic. It was a higher cap. It's about like I think it was six something or, or just about six, and then all the value add potential.
0: You know, let's uh, we'll we'll kind of then transition to you know <laughs> you're like oh I didn't yeah. think I was gonna buy another fourplex after this and now you close on your third fourplex uh yeah. what in a week couple days oh
1: uh, yeah. I, I think yeah,
0: yeah he's yeah, so third. funny
1: because he's like he texts me and he's like hey do you like do you know how many fourplexes I might like buy one this year and then it was like two days later he's like yeah I want this one I'm like whoa that happened quick
2: yeah. When I, know, to, when I know um, what I want, I go for it like hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So what 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 transitions um decision process wise um to, to get to that?
2: Okay, well there's a couple things. Uh first off, having uh Western fully paid off as from like a portfolio standpoint, uh not great for the appreciation, right? And I know there's a lot of people who uh, are big into like passive real estate income and you know we're kind of at the reduced appreciation just right now. In the future mm-hmm. it's all good when you direct own you the numbers look fantastic. But um, the thing about it is I still need more leverage. So real estate outperforms to me in my mind because the amount of leverage you can get. Yeah. I for me I have all that experience uh, with financials uh, in the stock market trading stock options doing long like different type of derivative strategies and stuff so i can actually generate quite a quite a lot of cash flow that way in any like a neutral to an upward market i don't typically do shorts or anything like that so downward i just i pull the money out into like a safer investment um but i can outperform the real estate cash flow for sure like 100 percent. yeah
0: But you're referring to all the other benefits of real estate, meaning yeah. uh, you know, a levered return. So if you buy something for 100,000, put 25k down, but then it goes to 150,000, you know, you've just made50,000 dollars equity on that based on only putting a quarter of, of the value down. So like there's no other asset class that, that can provide that type of return.
2: There was uh, the Shiller Home Price Index. I was looking at this, uh, I guess it was for like the last 50 years or so. And I was looking at the inflation adjusted one, right? So okay. one of the reasons I'm in real estate is because I think the dollar is is really, you know, it's circling the drain type, type of thing. We're, we're kind of at that point in, in an empire, right? Where like things are really inflated. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering about the macroeconomics of like what they're going to end up doing. Uh, that being said, uh, the inflation adjusted Shiller returns uh, in the last, I think, 40 or 50 years, it was 10 to 15 years in which you had a 100% return or roughly about that, like it doubles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not even accounting for inflation. And that's not accounting for cash flow or tax breaks. So like, yeah, when you're out here, you know, uh, like fixing toilets or whatever the heck people are going to say you're doing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're getting paid off. There's a reason you're doing it, type of thing. So oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Based on based on the headaches that I've had over the past, I don't know, six months uh, for my portfolio. Yeah, yeah. I, if I didn't truly believe in the benefit, the outsized benefits that real estate provides, I would have liquidated that. <laughs> but just based on you know the nightmares that we've been dealing with. But I mean, absolutely, there's just no other. There's just no other asset that you know will give you that type of benefit um in multiple different ways so um so you needed to you needed to lever yourself you needed to kind of do a little inflation proofing to your portfolio so you found this fourplex um what what attracted you to it was it mostly the radius um to your to your existing portfolio
2: it's one of the few that works like it just nothing else works I can't believe I found such a high cap rate building in Colorado Springs within my radius. Like I, I uh, I'm in a decent neighborhood. You know where I live personally is like good, mm-hmm. uh, and then that radius that I talked about is like 15 minutes. It's still pretty good. So those cap rates, I'm expecting them to be a little bit lower uh, because the buildings have lower risk. This building. If you look at the overall portfolio as a whole, all right, I've gone from higher and higher, like lower to lower, like, sorry, lower to higher cap rates, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really worked with the increasing rates. Um, and this one had every problem almost. I mean, this this building was like seriously problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the radon peaks at 15 ppm. I'm like upset that there's people, there's tenants, like there should, there ought to be some sort of federal law where there's a certain uh, testing uh, period interim for like so many years. Every three years or something, you got to get some sort of state license test. And uh, you know these people are sucking down a bunch of radon. It's awful. So you got that. Then you got a bunch of structural damage because the place is so mismanaged. The gutters are leaking. There's you know there's differential settlement uh, settling. You got cracks going up and down. And I you know they say they fixed it, but the place is still you know it's still the 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 slab is still absorbing all that water. When we are walking in there, that unit on the bottom, uh, substantially worse than when we were there later when it was dry, because the, sa- the slab is just <laughs> like literally soaking up all this water. It's, re- it's ridiculous. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is almost comical. Like you mentioned the mismanagement of the building, you know, just to kind of give a couple, a couple little, you know, bits on it is like you said, installing Proper gutters and drainage, um, you know, just getting some of those little tube things that just bring the water away from the foundation cost $20 at Home Depot. Um, yeah. You didn't the have a tenants
1: were like, they're like, we'd never see them. Yeah. They never saw seen the them. tenants when we were doing a showing and they were like, yeah, they never come out here. There's like a homeless camp out front. Yeah. And like,
0: yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. one of your tenants didn't have a lease, which it's is. It
1: they
2: still don't still don't that like, just is
0: mind-blowing to me
2: yeah but okay so that's so where you're making place, your money is oh i'm um, yeah i'm going this. in there <laughs> bringing like the landlord like knocking problems out and, <laughs> and, and you know, you got to be in there though you got to be like active management that's that's where i have the competitive advantage because I'm um, that's what i do yeah so um yeah and then the, the neighbor has trees over i don't even know how the place is actually insured because there's so many trees overhanging the place that, uh, I mean, good luck. It, their insurance company just doesn't come out and look at the place. It's yeah. the only way.
0: Yeah, or they don't have insurance.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I, do. you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, here's their insurance, you know, that they have or whatever, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know, you know. You know.
1: One,
0: yeah, which I highly I do not recommend doing, um, <laughs> but that's their problem, so. yeah. But yeah. that's
1: what I love about Michael. Like he steps into a place and he just like wants to improve the property and just like keep the tenants' his lives.
0: Yes. Yes. So and yeah. like,
1: you know, and that's you know, that's the type of investors that we work with. Thank mm-hmm. You know, that's yes. why he just yes. makes the whole investor name, I feel like, look better and you know,
0: hundred percent the
1: communities. So yeah,
0: I agree with that. And just like your vision for this. Little building is just I can't wait to see it in a couple of months when oh, it's, it's gotten into so it. Good. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> You'll have to have yeah. like a little house swarming uh for <laughs> for it.
1: The numbers though are actually like super decent. I mean, they are like it cash flows, I wanna say a few thousand a year. I think right? it's gonna be
2: more than that.
1: Yeah, uh, I and I ran it yeah. really conservatively with a high rate and I think you got a better rate what did Mm -hmm. you what rate did you get on that
2: right okay so what were the numbers right so like they yeah let's first start at the the building numbers right they had it up 762 months uh then they remodeled the units inside we're trying to sell it still didn't sell it um i came in i lowballed real hard i said what seven i think i said 725 yeah i'm like look knock this down and
1: we did like 14
2: yeah. concession. <laughs> yeah, max it out because you know this is like you need to pay a price for running this place so terribly like i'm upset <laughs> i don't even live here i'm upset so yeah, yeah um it'll be interesting with the homeless in cam and i'm i don't know what that like you know i haven't had to deal with that in colorado springs you know back in my hometown san francisco yeah a lot of that but not so much here Anyway, 760. 760, um, they countered 744 or 747, which was very apropos for airport Road. Um, I got them back down to 744 plus 14k concession to so like net 730. The rate ended up being seven percent, and we had mocked this at uh, seven and a quarter. So mm-hmm. like the numbers are, are actually pretty solid, and I don't mm-hmm. think the repairs will be that expensive. There's a lot of them. But I don't think they're going to be like...
0: They're mostly cosmetic from, yeah. from what and I like was in some
1: Like, you know, we had a roof over there. They need to add like a couple more gutters in the front. Like nothing major.
2: Yeah. So. The tree trimmers are actually doing an estimate right now. Oh, are so, they? Yeah.
1: Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they they don't have to actually be on the property to do an estimate. They can walk on the public street and look at the tree and and yeah. And so... Uh, I'm gonna get that in today, or today or tomorrow, and then I'm gonna have them do it ideally on the fourth. Yeah, the day after closing.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just to just like, really cool. mitigate that liability for you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what did you guys negotiate for inspection?
1: Oh, we just asked to... for like we asked for a small list of stuff. I think they agreed to everything, right, Michael? Except for one thing, so, um, the elect- something with the electrical, we had our electrician out and he was like, no, it's all good. Mm. You don't need to do anything to this. Um, he just gave us like a quote to upgrade panels if he wanted to, but he's like, you don't even need to do this. Like all this is fine. So it ended up working out. I mean, we got everything we asked for. We didn't ask for any more concessions because we didn't have any. And I think we did a radon mitigation uh, to the vendor. Mm-hmm. Since yeah. We were pretty much maxed out on concessions. Um, so we got that pretty much got everything. Yeah.
0: Was the other stuff, um, that they were going to have somebody fix it or. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. It was like boiler cleaning, um, sewer Sewer. cleaning and rescope um, just stuff like that, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Carbon detectors, just little stuff.
2: Yeah. They did not have carbon monoxide detectors in these units either, Which... which like.
1: Just fun fact yeah, on that:
0: that doesn't even need to be an inspection objection item because the you know contract to buy and sell like requires that. So mm-hmm. yeah, so anyone who's who's out there and um, is buying something that for some reason doesn't have the carbon and the smoke, like make sure make sure you point that out to the listing agent because they need to deliver it to you um, with, with those in place um, because it's very dangerous if people are living there. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, well. That was an amazing summary of your past, what, year and a half or so um, of, of acquisitions. But I kind of want to ask, why fourplexes? Why are those your property of choice?
2: Um, so when I was doing building maintenance, uh, I found that it was the dry time that really crushed things. And San Francisco is just seven square miles. So it's not like it's a big city, really but it reminds me that it takes forever to get someplace. And that's just like Colorado Springs. It's like, I'm in the twilight zone somehow, (laughs) uh, like five miles, it's like half an hour or something. I don't know. Uh, I still haven't figured that one out, but um, I like like the density. I like the lower risk. So let's say, um, let's say there's an issue in a single family home or you have to remodel that home or for whatever reason, it's not rented right? You lose out on, that's a lot of risk to me. So I'm willing to put in a little bit more management for the lower risk of just having multiple doors. Now, I guess you can say, Hey, all right, well the building explodes, like pipes, you know, blow up the whole thing's on fire. Yeah. I mean, you know, this stuff does happen. Um, so there is that risk of course. Um, but I'm really, I just growing up, I'm a multifamily guy. Like, so when I was doing building man's remodels as a younger person, um, it was all higher density and i think my very first job was actually being a janitor for like two very large apartment buildings um so those were you know i want to say they're almost 90 units each wow so i'm just very used to it as mm-hmm. well it's very familiar and um i like that uh, i also like having one roof from a self management perspective i like one location in fact if i could just have one giant complex i would feel better
0: that's okay, what i was going to ask place. you yeah would you rather have yeah. three four oh, plexes or yeah. would yeah. you rather have you know what just 20. a giant 20, 20 unit or something
1: apartment. yeah <laughs> 20
2: unit yeah and well then then you go into commercial loans you don't have mm. a track history um then your all your eggs are in one basket uh, so like just starting out or just kind of i mean i'm a year and a half in here so i was kind of seeing how it's going deploying x amount of capital i didn't have all this capital at the one time either it's not like they could just come in and swoop a 20 unit building like even if Mm -hmm. i had financing from like some you know some angel bank or something uh, it just wouldn't work um i wish i i could finance 40 units like i i really want to get to in-house management scale the problem to me is like. Is management. It's like, that's the actual problem that I'm trying to solve. It's Mm -hmm. not like some other property thing or like certain unit count based on X amount of like income just for like my personal goal or something. It's really like, now my problem is I need to run a big business. How do I do this? Um, Because I can't hit that 40 on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Not right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's kind of transition to something I wanted to touch on is the idea of in-house management. And I know you brought it to my attention, as an idea or you know, possible combination of like a couple of couple investors that have m- many properties, like trying to figure out you know what what the components of that would look like. So, can you explain to everyone just what in-house management is? Because I don't think it's a very familiar concept to many. Like most people think it's either self-management or you go to a third- party management company to to manage your property. So what is in-house management?
2: Okay, so in-house management is when you hire your own property manager, right? So now you have an employee or 1099 contractor, you know, whose expectation is to deliver. Um, so I know there's the, the time requirement where you can tell, you know, a W-2 employee, like, you need to work within these hours, 1099 can't really do that. But if it's clear that expectation effectively, you know, it, that occurs, right? Um, yeah.
0: So, so basically so you would have someone either on payroll or you know a, a personalized co- employment contract of some sort or not employment contract a personalized contractor contract um of basically saying hey um you know i need you to do these tasks which could include main like minor maintenance like non you know trade specific um if it is trade specific plumbing electric hVAC you know hire you need to coordinate and hire it out. You need to screen tenants, answer their concerns, collect rent. Um, is that kind of, you know, just putting all the onus onto one person to, to do all that? And what would be the benefits of that versus, um, I mean, I think it's obvious what the benefits of that compared to self-managing would be is getting your time back. Sure. So what would it, what would the yeah. benefits of that versus a third-party manager?
2: Okay. Um, let me, I'm going to give you an example, okay? Mm-hmm. A, a little bit of a story here. So um, I have family in San Francisco that built buildings, right? They, they were builders, okay? They're just immigrants, poor immigrants came over uh, from Ireland and they, uh, they built a bunch of buildings, okay? So then uh, my grandfather had a bunch of kids, put them all in the trades, and then they worked on said buildings, right? And then what happened is they formed an in-house management company. And then they worked in that management company, which is kind of still like self-managing, however, then they had employees. Okay. So now, now it's not like the entire family is running that in-house management company and then I worked in there. So seeing the difference and understand, like being in that business, doing that and knowing the people in there and like knowing how they all operate for the scale that they had at the time is, uh. it just seems like that's the way to do it. Like I've seen the model, like I know what they're doing. I don't have the scale that they have, but can we get some sort of like association of landlords together? You don't even need like some sort of uh, kind of partnership structure. You can just pay the manager directly. It's not like we're all tied together really uh, tightly legally. But the thing about it as well, when you have other people is you have a support system. So obviously that person is not going to be at work every single day in a full year. Okay. So it being like a small boutique type of management solution, there's going to be a high degree of communication, ideally for when they take off. Like it would be ideal if they can structure and plan ahead of time. Obviously there's going to be sick days, but at a certain point, have to understand that there's almost a rotation okay so in this in-house management that my my family did everyone had the calls okay and they rotated the calls every two months based on you know there's like five there's four uncles and my mother right and so they all they all rotated the calls and if you had the calls you're on call you got to show up if there's a problem well if just one single landlord in this association is in colorado springs at the time when a manager now has a problem well there's actually someone there and because there's an association it's not like you're on there all the time you have the manager and you know there's a certain amount of uh, communication and agreement that people can do to like rotate in and out winter to me is super high risk you have to have someone on there somebody has to be around Your pipe's even if hurt. there's a sick person <laughs> yeah. like i'm terrified of yeah. of winter here mm-hmm. I, like, I would prefer not to be here in winter but even if i had a manager I don't know, I think, I don't know, I might be around for a little bit, you know, I just might not be dealing with the stuff. It depends on the solution and, and how we go, like how it would go about. Um, yeah. Uh, so something like that. And I know that you and I, we now have a, a similar management platform, which like going back, I've kind of had this plan for a little while. And so it's like, if we use the same management software, mm-hmm. then the the manager now can just go in and out easily. Um, so there's a bunch of standardization that has to occur and processes. Um, lastly, I'll say that at a, like a 40 unit size, really, that's like a part-time manager and a part-time maintenance person. It's not really a full-time manager. So it's what that employee, if you're going to hire a full-time person, hypothetically, because you got to lock them down, you got to pay them, you got to pay them, right? The, the full rate. It's, it, my, my, it's hard to find another person it gets a little messy. So you're not really going to outcompete third-party management. You might get eight percent on that rate, but the quality of service on that is going to be substantially different. And if that saves me thirty thousand dollars because of flooding or some stupid issue, because it's like clown world with some management companies, <laughs> I, like I, I can't take, like i you know, I can't take it. So, yeah, um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it just uh, like that. Uh, They they have a lease. It's not signed. They moved someone because there was a fire at the previous building uh, for this new acquisition. It's still not signed. Luckily, I just have like a personal report because I ended up meeting the guy and his family and we've like discussed. So I'm like, not really worried about it. But there's so many questions. I can't even imagine the liability of not having a signed lease. And then you move someone because of some sort of like fire disaster. What is that about? Is that a mismanagement problem? Is there electrical? Like what? The guy said it wasn't his fault. So I'm just have to take him at his word because you know, obviously management company isn't even gonna talk to you about it because right. who you're knows what they're their, doing.
0: Yeah, you're yeah. not their client. They don't even know that this family is yeah. living at this so, building. And yeah, so so basically, you know, kind of the punchline for the in-house management would be there's no there's no discount in, in terms yeah. of, of of service uh from a cost standpoint but i know you were mentioning there's the hidden the hidden costs in terms of like frustrated tenants so higher vacancy you know um stuff like that and then basically just paying to substitute the premium level of of management service that you're providing to your to your properties uh, just kind of outsourcing that but paying for the premium
1: quality
2: yeah that's essentially what it works out to um Right now, I do the management and the fixes. So for me to do this, uh, I really need to get lower rates on and refinance. Uh, yeah, for the numbers to work, uh, you know that's just kind of how that works. Um, I'm not worried about it. I think at that point in time, I will be very much ready for the freedom. I would have to buy another building as well because I actually want four fourplexes. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think that's a good number where. I always keep a certain uh, percentage of, uh, like, my net worth in stocks and uh, in, in other sources. Um, so I'm never actually 100% into real estate myself. I know a lot of people are, and it's good to specialize. So if that's your type of uh, things for the long term, I could see that working. Um, at four fourplexes, that's kind of where, um, like, out of money as far as my personal portfolio distribution for my network, yeah.
0: Okay, so that's what you're basing your kind of your expansion goals on is your entire portfolio, uh, you know, stocks, real estate, everything, just the allocation that you have set aside for that.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I can drum up some money in the financial markets typically doing yeah. some like derivatives and things, yeah.
0: <laughs> way beyond my, uh, my skill oh, level there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like... market my software. <laughs> It'll be great. I will teach you. I literally, the initial thing is not like the scalable approach. It's like one on one coaching with people and then saying, Hey, now that I've taught you how to trade stock options, I literally built the software to make this <laughs> super easy and you can try it for free. Like, whoa,
1: I would love that. I've always like wanted to learn, but when I'm like hearing someone talk about it or something, I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a reason why I'm in
0: real estate. I, I don't understand any of the others. Yeah,
1: I'm like, I I put like $100 into Bitcoin or whatever that was. I don't even know what's happening. You that.
0: probably have like $5 <laughs> left now, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm so, like, no, it's just not for me. <laughs> so what's
0: your plan for this fourth one? Do you have a specific like type of property in mind is it more so based on the radius do you have um another cap rate profile in mind like what what are you hoping to get for your your fourth and you know i'll say final Um, final for now until you start scaling up to the big the big ones
2: oh i really want a complex oh i want that so bad so um, yeah um the progression that I've done is lower risk to higher risk. So, given that, if I'm going to put in in-house management and then put in a partnership, I'm really going to actually need to shore up those cash flow, uh, like the the income streams type of thing. And uh, I'll probably go for a higher risk property, but it still has to be within my 15 minute rule. It's my personal rule: uh, any property I can get to within 15 minutes. First one is like about you know I don't know 10. Ten minutes second one's about 12 13 minutes and the last one's full long 15 minutes and they're all in the same direction of course because i'm not I'm not going the opposite direction because now hypothetically it's like 30 minutes right you know, <laughs> or, you know whatever um, so i can i can blow by all those properties on a motorcycle in like 30 minutes and, and actually like circle all of them um you know spend a little bit of time get off the bike go check a utility room Go, go pull out a bunch of uh, a quarters over there. Sorry, <laughs> it's really hard when it's reversed. I like, can't figure out that. Or, but, uh, the thing with the quarters is I don't actually mind because the quarters tell me that if that fills up and no one has been there within that period of time, it's not managed correctly. So uh, for, for the scale on a fourplex, right? Four tenants, if those quarters fill up, that manager is not doing their job. Yeah. So I I am over there checking anyways. It's real quick. I'm just like in and out, back back done. You know whatever. Um, and then I realize oh the laundry room light bulb just burned out as soon as I turned it on. Well now I got to change the bulb. You know so you know there's different things. You know you see tenants chat with them.
0: So that's your your tell is how full is the laundry coin slot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I,
1: yeah. like kind of I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have to, like, close and go immediately over there and open up that washer.
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm curious. Uh, I kind of (laughs) wish. I think it's like the dryer has the coins, and then they just didn't put in that coin off on the wash. Yeah.
1: Yeah, one of them is coin-operated. Interesting.
2: If it ever breaks, I'm going to put in another coin off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i don't mind I, I really i just doubt some people hate this stuff they're like oh i've got a lug quarters around or whatever you know automated machine then the next time you go to a bank which sometime in the year you just deposit it whatever you know it's like that
0: yeah I'm, I'm, a I'm one of those trip. people i yeah. i couldn't care less about the laundry income piece i just I actually just lease out my laundry space too <laughs> So God, yeah, yeah it, it, just have someone else deal with it. Like if there's an issue, call that company.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do do they, are you, is it negative? Do you have, uh, do you break even on that? Because I so, know there's a certain fee, right?
0: Yeah, I end up paying about $20 a month because I don't hit my minimum for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, $20 a month, you know, $250 a year to not have to deal with, Laundry machines breaking in, in my multifamilies. I'm I'm okay with that. So I
2: would love to have a complex and then have my own laundry facility in the complex. I'm really I love having a a basic business model. The simpler it is, the better because then you can just focus on execution. Uh, and those laundry those laundry outlets. Oh man, do they cash flow? So uh, that's a scale issue. <laughs> Right.
0: Yeah, so yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, you know, and I'm not in the the laundry business, um, <laughs> and I don't care to be. So, yeah, so that's kind of my take on that. But yeah, if you can, sure. if you can figure out how to do some sort of commercial laundry mat and, and and integrate it into your building, like, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yep. <laughs> Get the
2: manager in there. You know, yeah, <laughs>
0: that's, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just kind of catching everyone up where you're at um, with your portfolio. And like Leah and I said, like you're so fun to work with. You know, I love hearing about your strategy. Um, yeah, and we'll have to have you back to to kind of give us an update on this fourplex number three, how how that all turns out, and then you know what your plans for number four are.
2: Cool. Sounds yeah, great.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone. If, if anyone had any questions, uh, feel free to reach out me uh, reach out to me via email, Jenny at envisionrea.com or Leah at envisionrea.com and we will have Michael's information in the show notes as well. So thanks everyone for listening and we will see you soon.